Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Snow Nation. And tonight, we've got door-to-door -door vaccination solicitation going on. And on the Everything is Racist uh, extravaganza that we've been on in the 2020s, now GPAs are racist. We'll dive into that and more, but first, a word from our sponsor. Welcome back. So, it's time for us to, to knuckle down and stop this COVID scourge, you know, from, from assaulting us at every turn. And only one man is up for the job. Joseph Biden, our president-elect, our fearless leader. And it would seem that the only plausible course of action when 67% of the adults in this country have been vaccinated is to just go door to door. When the, the $1.5 billion taxpayer fund that went towards this PR campaign, which I think is something that's incredibly interesting, and I wonder why uh, more people haven't uh, questioned that, the fact that we're paying for our own... <laughs> We're paying the advertising costs. We're, we're footing the bill for Big Pharma so they can push all these wonderful shots in our direction. But anywho, 67% of adults, and that's their, their ballpark estimate uh, coming from uh, Associated Press, which, eh, you, you can take it or leave it. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if we can fully trust that, but we'll, we'll go with it. So 67%, I'm not a mathematician, but I would say that leaves 33% wide open. And I love how the media won't, uh, the angle they'll, the, what the spin will be, hey, we've got 33% of unvaccinated adults out there that need this vaccine. We need to produce more, we need to advertise more, we need to push this harder. But the way they, the other side of that, which they won't touch, is well, we've got 33% of adults out there um, where a majority of them had opportunities to get these shots but chose not to, which means that there is a large portion of the country that wants nothing to do with these shots. But rather than being honest and, and upfront and showing both sides of, the, of this angle here, both, both sides of the coin, um, no, no, it, it has to be there, there's a crisis and they're out there and, and, and all these adults are just waiting, waiting for the, their wonderful, uh, their wonderful dose to reach them, you know, and across this country. And we, we have to, we have to fight this. We're in this together. Other generic platitude statement or whatever. Um, so they roll out this, this grand plan, which I think is quite hilarious and so many so many people are actually on board with this they, they think this is a, a great idea why I I have no idea um, but apparently adults are no longer adults we're all just a bunch of toddlers and we need big daddy government we need our parent to step in and make sure we do quote-unquote the right thing and get vaccinated and as I stated before, 
you know, I wouldn't call myself anti-vax. I'm not. But I'm strongly against what's happening this year, what's happening with these uh, COVID shots. Because I, I just, I can't, I just don't see them as being vaccines. I just don't think they fit the definition. I mean, actually, I know they don't fit the definition because they're not FDA approved. So how can they hold a title for something that they, they haven't achieved yet? They haven't met the minimum standard for FDA approval. And I have gripes with the FDA, sure. But if that's the standard that we have followed in the past with flu shots and all that kind of stuff, and the approval process taking eight to 10 years, sometimes 12 years for approval, but you want me to believe that the federal government and, and big pharma, you know, found a way to make a miracle happen in 12 to 18 months, you know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but that's just, I, I'm just not buying that. You know, as an old friend of mine used to say, that dog don't hunt. <laughs> and anyone just with a, a lick of common sense would see that and ask the question. But. Unfortunately, with fear being that most powerful emotion that overrides everything else, and once you get someone in that the survival mode, you know, fight or flight, then, you know, they'll capitulate to just about anything and to anyone if they offer them that perceived safety. They'll forfeit their liberties, they'll forfeit their freedoms, um, their everything, just to have that little bit of safety or I should say perceived safety. So there are a, a lot of people, I mean, if this if this estimate is correct, 67% of all adults, I mean, we're talking, we're talking over 100 million people, easy, that are just, hey, go ahead, shoot me up with that thing that's experimental, that's not FDA approved, hasn't gone through extensive clinical trials, that, you know, tens of thousands of doctors and pediatricians and virologists um, and other medical professionals are screaming, hey, there's a problem here. But of course, they're being censored and ignored. And as we all know, you know, the the, uh, the truth, you know, it, it, censorship is a sign that truth is, is prevailing. <laughs> That's that what is being fed to us is truth. If it has to censor all opposition, you know, it's it's phenomenal. It's it's. As I've, I've, I think I've used this word so much, but I'm, I'm going to use it again. It, it's it's fascinating. It's 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 a case study. I mean, my my grandkids are going to be looking back. You know, if we're all still if we're still a country and everything is still intact, you know, uh, which is, the jury's still out on that. But if everything is still here in fifty to sixty years, people are going to look back at this decade, and they're going to ask questions, and the youth of that generation is gonna wonder how did so many people, why did they ask these obvious questions? You know, I don't know, what, what, what just totally ruled out their, their ability to reason, um, their, their critical thinking skills and, you know, all that stuff and, and that boldness that we like to brag about from the past, you know, when, when it comes to fighting for justice and fighting for liberty and, and freedom and all these, all these noble, honorable pursuits. Um, but in the face of, you know, fear, concentrated fear and propaganda, we, we tend to just buckle collectively. Not everyone, 
there's a good chunk of us that have common sense still and critical thinking skills and we're willing to ask questions and we're, and we're free thinkers. But the fact that the president can roll something out like this, door-to-door -door va vaccination push, well, why? Um, with, with deaths going down, cases going down, and then you have all these variants where they're playing with they're playing with their own rules. You know, one minute this protects you from this, and then the next minute, well, it doesn't protect you from its cousin, this this variant over here, but then it'll protect you from the other one that's on this other side. Like, I mean, I don't understand why why the masses aren't seeing this and just hey, I, you know, looking at the situation, evaluating the situation, what's being said and how it changes by by week by week almost. Why aren't they asking the question and just pushing the issue? Hey, are you guys just making this up as you go? You keep saying the science, um, but I'm seeing a lot of pseudoscience and then I'm also seeing a whole lot of nothing where I just have to trust you. And when we have things like, uh, well, when we have Pfizer pushing like, oh, well, you, you need a third vaccine, you know, if you're fully vaccinated to be fully, fully vaccinated. You know, and oh, well, there, there's booster shots that you may also need going forward. Oh, and now uh, your children, 12 years and up, you know, they can get the shot. And you know what? We're going to try and push to get FDA approval, you know, by, by the end of September 2021. Because if we learned anything, rushing through medical stuff is, is how you get the best results. I mean, and if Big Pharma has learned anything from this, they know like, well, we'll get protections from from the governments. And the people will just follow whatever the governments direct them to do. Um, because, as we all know, you know, our, all of our rights and liberties come from the government. Not from the Constitution. Not from, you know, not from God or anything like that. You know, it just comes from the government. The government created us, remember? Remember, guys, the government created us. We, we didn't create it. I'm pretty sure that's how that went. <laughs> how? how? How have we reached this point? I mean, the things that just, I mean, they could they could put a press release out. The White House could release a statement saying, hey, everyone, you know, wear your shoes on your feet and you have to crawl on the ground from now on or for the next six months because the variants, you know, they travel four feet above the ground. You know, they can't get below that. So you all have to, you know, you have to walk on your hands and feet and you have to low crawl around. You know, I... I and some might think, oh, that's 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 insane. That's hyperbole. There's no way, you know, a society could be shifted into just doing something that stupid. Well, we had businesses closing at 10 p.m. because they were directed to. That was the curfew because COVID apparently waits outside of bars after 10 p.m. to attack people. You had the same the same masses. And 2020 watch as hundreds of thousands of people protested, you know, each time it would start out as a protest, then they would riot, then they would just loot and steal a whole bunch of stuff and just start destroying things and murdering people. And people would stay at home and just watch it on television. And then the next week there would be a protest at some, you know, uh, location, uh, some state capital somewhere with a handful of people holding signs talking about how lockdowns are causing people to commit suicide, how suicide rates are skyrocketing and how they're not, they're, 
you know, we still have all these spikes and everything in cases and in deaths and lockdowns don't work and the masks don't work. And here's the what was the science like a year ago is no longer the science now. And people will call them out and say, oh, that you're, you're hosting super spreader events. And, you know, and then, of course, the media would play their game where they would leave all the Hispanics, Asians and blacks out of all their shots at these protests and only focus on white people, especially if they just happen to wear the right kind of hat or shirt. And then they would just say, oh, well, clearly this is this is racist <laughs> because that's that's where we are, where, you know, if, if you can't get people to capitulate, you know, uh, the, the old fashioned way with some solid propaganda, then then you just call them a racist. And it, it seems to work. You know, you, especially if you're dealing with uh, white conservatives, you can just racist is like one of the worst things you can be called. And it's been so effective. I'm, I'm not even white. And people occasionally try and do it to shut me up. And, yeah, you know, it doesn't quite work on us, us black folks the same way. Us free-thinking black folks, I want to be a bit more specific. So with that, since we're talking about race, let's dive into the, uh, you know, I'm going to start a, a new segment. And you know what, I'm going to call it um, uh, Everything is Racist. Because these things come up. So, so often, I mean, every, every other day, literally there's some new thing that that's racist or some person that's a racist and no one really questions the timing of these things or like, okay, why is this person racist now? But they weren't racist like five years ago or, or a year ago, you know, or a month ago. And it just so happens they're speaking out against something that you're pushing. And now you think that they're racist, <laughs> This organization is no longer donating money to your campaign and they're donating to this other group. Oh, so now they're racist. <laughs> it, it's amazing how that works. But, you know, here, here's here's a headline for you. Biden to remove GPA requirements for future teachers so more students of color can access scholarships. So here we go. We, we've got the Biden administration uh, doing their part to keep the race obsession alive because it, it, there's so much money in the race industry. You know, I, I call it the golden goose. It really, it really is. You know, I call it the gift that keeps on giving the well that never runs dry and it never will because it never will be allowed to run dry. Uh, I mean, the, going back 10 years, it was every so often race would be brought up 10, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, it, it, here and there, rare. But uh, the past five, six years, I mean, the, the news networks caught on to it. And, of course, Trump was just tailor-made and fit for it. And the media ran with it. And everything is just, everything is racist. And, and either it's racist or it's sexist or it's homophobic, transphobic, you know, xenophobic, whatever phobic. You, you, just, you just, just name it. <laughs> and, and it's thrown out there. It's you. It's weaponized. So you have this little push here to essentially eliminate this GPA requirement for those that are uh, in the pursuit of uh, a teaching degree. And some people say, "Yeah, no, it's no big deal," you know. But these things always start. And these little increments, you know, and I believe it was Dr. Jordan Peterson, one of his quotes where he said the, the journey to something awful or horrific or terrible 
you know, that journey, it's usually reached just one step at a time. One step at a time, like an inch here, an inch there. And sooner or later, you turn around and you don't even recognize the world that you're living in. You don't recognize the country you're living in. You don't recognize the community that you grew up in. Everything's completely changed. You know, which, yes, some change is inevitable, sure. Just like some pain is inevitable. Um, but a lot of these changes, I mean, a lot of times these changes are happening from outside sources with their own agendas. And those people aren't held accountable for the choices they make when they negatively impact the communities where they go to implement them. So the fact that a, uh, a president can make this sort of statement you know, to, uh, claiming that, well, essentially, you know, the GPA requirements are racist. You know, okay, well, where were you like 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago when there were a lot of Asian, Asian students that were complaining because they were going above and beyond to, uh, to meet certain GPA requirements, to um, go beyond average standards as far as SAT scores, ACT scores, but still had to fight to get in at different universities because a lot of these big universities, especially your Harvards, your Stanfords, you know, would have a, uh, a cap and they would focus on black students. And you would have black students getting into these Ivy League schools with the bare minimum or below the bare minimum on their SAT scores, their ACT scores, um, their, their GPA. And Asian students were being blocked out or incredibly limited. And no one thought that was racist. No one, no one really pushed that issue, and that and that went on for decades, and no one cared. There were also plenty of white students too. They didn't have access to a lot of grants and scholarships and things that, say, someone like me, uh, was able to get access to. You know, back when I started in college, back in uh, <laughs> the year of our Lord, two thousand. <laughs> You know, I had access to so many grants and scholarships, and then I also had some sports stuff that I had access to as well for soccer and, you know, and one for chess and all that kind of stuff. You know, but it was just I had access to all kinds of uh, resources. And then, you know, worst case scenario, there were also loans and that kind of stuff as well. And just endless, endless, uh, endless opportunities. But of course, there were GPA requirements. So at least there was there was something there to ensure that I'm doing my part you know, to um, earn my spot, to earn my place, to earn those resources. And it also lets them know, uh, it lets that school know just how focused I am. And I'm actually going to complete the program. But it starts with removing it from maybe one particular field or one area, in this case, uh, education, <laughs> which is kind of interesting. You know, so you remove the GPA requirement, you know, for tuition assistance. And why? I mean, do we really need more teachers? Maybe we do. Maybe we don't. But this isn't how you do it. This isn't how you uh, how you fix this problem. If we're having a shortage of teachers, you don't make it easier. But I know how you can you can implement something ridiculous and you can stop people from questioning it. You just add race to it. You just say, oh, well, you know, uh, we don't have enough uh, black and brown math and science teachers. So, you know what? We're going to remove the GPA. And 
There was a shortage or a determined shortage of uh, black math and science teachers when I was in college uh, 20 years ago when I started. But no one thought of it as race. They just thought of it as a, uh, a gap in, in interest. There just weren't enough people interested in going into education because it was very unappealing. Because, well, I went through public school and I, I started out majoring in mathematics. And then I switched my major over to uh, middle childhood education with a concentration on math and science based on that um, uh, advice I received about that shortage. But then I looked at the salary. And at that time, it was it was abysmal. It was, I believe it started out at about 29K, 30K. And, you know, yeah, that, that wasn't awful money. I mean, I grew up poor, so, I mean, I guess anything would have been good. <laughs> but spending time in uh, inner city schools, and I, I grew up in those schools, and I watched how substitute teachers were treated and how teachers were treated, you know, all, all the uh, hoops they had to jump through. And then when I was in the program, at Kent State and then seeing people having to jump through all these hoops to get all these certifications and everything only to turn around and make a couple of bucks and then have to deal with um, in a lot of cases some pretty terrible kids being raised by some pretty terrible parents and then I decided yeah no that's a, it's a big yeah nah for me I just is not worth it so I decided to switch my major a few more times until I found something that fit and then I was fortunate enough to find that business um, business and applied management and business psychology, like those concepts stuck the most with me and something I felt a little bit of passion for and enjoyed. So I went on to complete my undergrad in that, complete my master's in that, and then starting a doctoral program, you know, centered around that because that's where my passions were. But the entire time there was a GPA requirement to ensure that everyone is doing what they need to do to graduate on time, to earn all those benefits, all those grants and everything that they're receiving. But everything is racist. So you have to add race in there. And how? How is no one, no one's taking this as an insult? I mean, I, I shouldn't be surprised when the president, when he was campaigning, can make statements like, you know, hey, if you have a tough time deciding, you know, uh, choosing between voting for me and voting for Trump, then you ain't black. And he can say that on a podcast with a black host and a black, mostly black audience. And people just let it slide. He went on national television and was making comparisons between the Hispanic community or the Latin, I'm sorry, the Latino community and the black community and was talking about how um, more rich and diverse and versatile and all these things about the Latin community comparing it to the black community. Nothing. No one, nothing. No one says a word. This guy can make the most just blatant statements. <laughs> Stuff that like if Trump, if Trump said anything even remotely close to that, even if he just said the word black and he was talking about a crayon, CNN would turn it into him being racist against Crayola and would turn it into some rainbow coalition thing and it would just be blown out of proportion like everything else during his whole administration which was quite the tactic to stifle all the things that he did right and as I mentioned before very healthy list 123 things that he did right during his administration he did some things wrong but I had 123 and I stopped he still had another five six months in office when I stopped 
making that list and I moved on to some other stuff. But that was a great tactic to just completely stifle everything that he was doing. But hey, that's that. But I think I think I think this is a good place to, to just pause for now. You know, I wanna let I wanna let listeners marinate in in this insanity. This insanity and we're being attacked. The the the, uh, the human mind is being attacked. Our minds are just being bombarded. Our consciousness with just so much craziness. I mean, we've got we've got COVID. We've got vaccines. There's parts of the world that are still dealing with lockdowns. There's still all these ex- these crazy COVID restrictions impacting international travel to the point where only only the rich, you know, at the rate we're going, only the rich will be able to travel internationally, you know, without having to show their papers, you know, to cross into different borders, uh, because that's not Orwellian, um, that's not 1940s Germany, um, but all that going on, and then we still have the color consciousness, we still have. The, the race obsession and the hate peddling, you know, going full throttle. So we're being we're being hit all over the place, and we're dealing with inflation, that not so secret tax, that's going to be hanging over our heads for like the next five years. That you know we're just going to pretend like that's not happening. We're just going to pretend like you know the cost of, of wood hasn't gone up by two hundred and forty three percent, you know, over the over the past six to eight months. You know, we're just gonna, yeah, no, no, that's not, that's not what we're talking about. The value of the dollar, I mean, it's dropped by ninety nine percent, and continues to fall until it completely collapses. Nope, not worth talking about. Or how the Federal Reserve can pump trillions of dollars into the financial markets, into the economy to keep it propped up for over a year. So there's money for that. There's money for war. There's money for Wall Street. There's money for Big Pharma. There's money for all, just all these subsidies for farming, all that stuff. There's money for all these different sectors. But once you start talking about uh, the poor, housing the poor, feeding the poor, you know, medical services for the poor, Medi- Medicare for all, all that kind of stuff, living wages. Oh, no, no, no. We have to be physic- fiscally responsible. We have to think this thing through. You know, we, we're... we're we, we need to stop that, that wealth. This welfare state must end. And then when you say, hey, well, what about corporate welfare? That, that's, no, no, they, they create jobs. Well, technically, consumers create jobs. They create the need for the product, you know, which, which kind of keeps this whole circle of life going. But, okay, sure, they, they create jobs. But I'll say that for another time. I have to jump off. But thank you for listening. And please feel free to... You know, look me up. I'm on, I think I'm up to 12 or 13 different platforms. Uh, my listeners seem to concentrate on the Anchor app, Apple Podcasts, um, Overcast, and Spotify. But I'm also now on iHeartRadio as well. If you want to check me out there, please feel free to leave a review. Um, if you like what you're listening to, feel free to jump on. Support the podcast any way you like. I greatly appreciate it. All that support, all those funds goes towards the evolution and the improvement of the podcast as we move forward. And with that, enjoy your evening. Snail Nation out.